You are listening to The Mark Milton Show with a smash. Hosted by former Department of Justice Tax Division Attorney Mark Milton, the STL tax lawyer. Here's Mark Milton. I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to rope and ride. I'd be wearing my All right, yeehaw, you're listening to The Mark Milton Show. With the Smash, broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios, presented by stltaxlawyer.com. Remember, the choice for lawyers is an important decision that should not be based solely on advertisements. Smash is out this week. We've got our guest co-host, the great Dave Sweeney from Lewis Rice here in studio. We also are joined by the great Mark Monavani, who's running for St. Louis County Executive. Third time's a charm. Mark, welcome to the program. Thanks so much, Mark. Happy to be with you. Absolutely. Um, you know, I've been a fan of yours for, for a long time. Even, um, you know, you've, you've run twice before as a Democrat. I never viewed you as somebody, you know, overly partisan. You're somebody that, frankly, doesn't need this job. And I think you're, you're running for the right reasons because you think St. Louis County, the region as a whole, needs a change. Uh, tell us why you decided to, uh, to give it another go this time as the Republican nominee for St. Louis County Executive. Well, there are a lot of... Uh question. You know, you have, you have personal uh, factors that influence your decisions about such things, and then you also have uh, political uh, uh, factors that influence it as well. Uh, as you know, and uh, your listeners probably know, I had uh, opted out of the Democratic primary in 2018 and uh, did not think that there was a path to success, did not think that was a, a winnable campaign, and that's sort of the definition of insanity, you know, to keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So I had opted out, uh, and uh, and then, uh, uh, lo and behold, uh, with the uh, developments on the Republican side, where the uh, party's uh, primary winner uh, withdrew, I had uh, friends uh, who started speaking to me about whether I'd be interested in filling that uh, niche. And my, uh, my, my concern and commitment uh, to the region hadn't uh, waned a bit, and so I engaged in those conversations uh, initially sort of casually and informally and uh, was introduced then to the people in the Republican County uh, Central Committee, and uh, we found a lot of common ground uh, uh, with respect to the need for change in the region, and, uh, uh, and so we, we, we made it happen. I... Uh, I, I, I think that that Republican Central Committee deserves a lot of credit, candidly, because uh, they were thinking outside the box, uh, looking for uh, a candidate that they believed had the potential of, uh, of, of winning, but also of creating the kind of change in the community that I think a lot of us uh, uh, would like to see. Sure, and I, and I know, I mean, I've known you for a number of years now, and I think you've supported candidates on both sides over the years. And again, I, I would call you more of a, a moderate. I don't really like giving people labels, but to me, you, you are more of a, a moderate. Um, but talk a little bit about your political views uh, in terms of, you know, where you stand on, you know, fiscal issues, concern, you know, social issues, that kind of thing, and, and how that would shape how you, you govern as county executive. Yeah, well, so I, I guess I've, I've, I've been described as sort of fiscally conservative Socially more moderate uh, in terms of views, if one thinks about uh, labels uh, at all. I I've never really uh, emphasized political party. Uh, uh, I think political parties certainly serve a, a, a purpose, but um, 
you know, my reason for engaging in this process are uh, not really around uh, the focus on a political party at all. Uh, my reasons are focused on the trajectory of our community, which, as you and probably your listeners know, I have been disappointed with for, for many, many years. And uh, I, I actually think that the, the potential of building a coalition that is uh, composed of people uh, from both sides of the aisle is exactly what the community needs. Uh, we have enough divisions in this community, uh, geographically, and racially, and, uh, and the like, that we don't need to uh, be too hung up on partisan politics we don't need another divide. What we really need is to come together as a community and focus on our fundamental challenges. And so it, it's really that commitment that I have made to, uh, to everybody to, to try to bring the community together, to try to uh, develop uh, a, a different approach to the challenges that the region faces. Mark, I, I find your background really impressive, and I think the listeners would enjoy hearing going from being an attorney to a CEO of a major company, then later in life going to Harvard. You uh, talk a little bit about that and yeah, I don't know your if, career. I don't know if it's very interesting to people, but I, I'm happy to. I guess we all talk about ourselves. We all love ourselves. Yeah, we all really, find ourselves really. fascinating. So, uh, <clears throat> so when I was a young guy, I, I, I always wanted to be a lawyer. and uh, I So right after college, I went to law school. But while I was in law school, I sort of developed an interest in business. And... I had thought at one point, Dave, I was going to be a trial lawyer, and I uh, clerked uh, after my first year of law school with a criminal defense firm and found that that really wasn't the life that I wanted. And so I went back to my second and third year of law school and took every tax and business course I could. But then I, I didn't have any formal business training because I had studied sort of liberal arts history and the like in college. So I went to business school after I went to law school, which was a departure, right, sort of uh, a path that not that many people uh, follow after law school. But the consequence of that was that I always sort of had one foot on both sides of the law and business. And uh, so right after graduate school, after business school, I was in the financial consulting business for five or six years, and Patty and I were moving around the country as we were helping grow this very small but then successful financial consulting firm. So we lived in, in Pittsburgh and Minneapolis and Houston and outside Dallas and so we were, we were moving around as I was engaging in this financial consulting business. Then we started having kids, and we were both being uh, from St. Louis. I grew up in Athens. Patty grew up in Rock Hill. We wanted to raise our kids back in St. Louis, so we moved back to St. Louis. And I felt a little bit like a phony because I'd been telling people I was, I was a lawyer and I'd never practiced law. So I hung out a shingle and practiced law initially as a sole proprietor uh, for uh, my practice law for about 16 years. Uh, uh, then we built a law firm uh, for about the last half of that period, and uh, my practice sort of migrated back to corporate stuff, which is uh, sort of my 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 uh, area of expertise, I guess. So while I was uh, building this law law firm, which uh, I loved, I I loved practicing law, but I had a client that uh, uh, had a small uh, marketing services company, and. Uh, it was a third-generation family-owned business, and uh, the business had a lot of potential. One of the things I did a lot of when I was in law practice was I was selling a lot of businesses. I was doing a lot of M&A work, as we say, and 
And this family came to me and they said, hey, look, can we sell our business for X number of dollars? And I laughed. It wasn't even close. I said, no, you're not even close. And they said to me, well, can you get it there? And I said, well, what do you mean? They said, no, why don't you leave your law firm and you come in and you'll run the business. We'll own the business. And when we get the business to a value of X, then we'll sell it. So I'd been practicing law for all these years, you know, and I was billing hours and these people cut me in on the deal. And so I... Uh, with some regret, candidly, I left the law firm and took over management of this business. And it was about a $5 million revenue business, about 50 employees. And uh, look, I was no marketing guy at all, but I had spent some time in business. And lo and behold, it sort of took off. And uh, for once in my life, I think I listened to people uh, because I knew I wasn't a marketing guy and the business uh, did well. And so I, uh, uh, the, uh, the family then exited, uh, sold uh, two, uh, five years later for two and a half times what their number had been. And I thought I'd go back to law practice, but the private equity acquirer said, no, we think you'd like, we'd like you to continue to be the CEO. So I said, well, okay. So I hung in there and uh, the business kept growing and kept growing and kept growing. And then I sold the business a few more times to different private equity uh, folks. And by the time I left, it was, you know, uh, I don't know, I want to say $140, $150 million business, uh, 800 employees, ballpark, and uh, actually was the third largest independently owned digital marketing company in the country at that point. And so uh, so I just got lucky. I, I listened to people. And, uh, and, and so every time we would sell the business, I'd have to uh, teach a new board of directors about the company and all that stuff. And I, so I had told the last guys, look, when you sell, I'm out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do something else. And uh, so I did that, and um, Tom Santel, who you guys may know, Tom Santel has been on a lot of charity boards here in St. Louis. Uh, he was a St. Louis U high grad, as I am, and I had met him through some board work. He had gone to Harvard. Uh, they have a fellowship program up there, and he, uh, he uh, described this program to me, and uh, this is in uh, 2015, 16, and uh, lo and behold, so I applied to this program after I left my, my company, and uh, I think because it was on the heels of Michael Brown that uh, I, I had described my concern about St. Louis, and I think it was that that uh, caused Harvard to say, yeah, let's bring this guy in. So, so Patty and I moved out to uh, Cambridge for 2016. Uh, I was a fellow, and I was a senior fellow in 2017, but I was back and forth. And it was, uh, 2016 was the greatest year because I, I had this, I had, there's no curriculum in this program. You can do whatever you want. I could have not taken one class and just researched or written something, uh, or I could take any class uh, at all, any class at, I wanted in, at Harvard University. Well, my God. Um, uh, but I was focused primarily on St. Louis, so I started hanging out at the Kennedy School of Government. And that became sort of my segue. And then while I was there, guys from St. Louis started asking me, hey, why don't you come back here and run for office? And I, I said, I don't know about such, such a thing. I, was gonna, I thought I was just going to start another not-for-profit. And they sort of convinced me to take a look at running for office and the county executive thing. So that's what I did in 2018. And, you know, as you know I lost. <laughs> well, and in, in your business that you built, I mean, it was located in the city of St. Louis. Well, I moved it there. Well, you yeah. did. Okay. Well, I so I want to talk about, yeah. you know, obviously you're running for the position of St. Louis County executive and most people don't realize, I mean, most of the population has shifted to the county. 
So you would really be, I mean, it's, I think it's the third, some would say the third most powerful position in the state to be county executive. Um, but obviously the city needs to be addressed. I mean, there are issues. I mean, I had a friend in from, from Florida uh, last week, and we, I drove him around downtown just to kind of show him. He'd never been to St. Louis. He was only in town for 24 hours. I took him around. I mean, we've got some really cool things in the city, you know, Ballpark Village. You drove him through the Midtown area, drove him, th- drove him through the Cortex. But downtown is a real problem, and I think if we're going to grow the region, even you know, grow the state, St. Louis, the downtown area has to be uh, a place where people feel safe, where people feel like you know they can take their families. I mean, I don't really feel safe going to Cardinal games with my family. Um, we we go and we go spend you know four or five innings with the little kids, and then we leave when there's not a mass of people leaving, and you don't really feel safe walking down Broadway to go to your garage. So, how as county executive can you help St. Louis? help itself because I think St. Louis city gets in its own way a lot with some of the policies and, and approaches to crime and, and law enforcement. Yeah. Well, so I mean, clearly the priority of the County executive is uh, St. Louis County. And I, I, I have to acknowledge that that would be my strong uh, overriding priority. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in Afton, but I went to high school in the city and my first job was in the city. Uh, I worked in Clayton for a number of years. I moved a company into the city. I've always had uh, one foot on both sides of River de Pere in this respect. So I care a lot about the city of St. Louis. But having said that, I think our first priority for county executive today has to be straightening out St. Louis County government because it has become so dysfunctional and, uh, and, and largely incapable of dealing with the fundamental challenges that we have as a county. Uh, you are, your, your, your emphasis on the significance of the job of county executive, I think, is right. And that's not because of the job, but it's because of St. Louis County. St. Louis County has roughly 16% of the population of the state of Missouri. It's one of the 100 largest counties in America. Uh, it uh, drives about 25 to 27% of the GDP of the state of Missouri. Uh, it is the economic engine, not just for the region, but in many respects for the state of Missouri. So clearly the, the chief executive of that governmental subdivision is a significant responsibility. I think the job has been underutilized over these last years uh, because of its failure uh, and the person in its failure to address these challenges. I keep referring to these challenges. What are they? Well, clearly crime that you're talking about there, Mark, is is at the top of the list. Uh, our crime rates, our, our, our violent crime rate in St. Louis County has about doubled over the last uh, 10 years. And people feel unsafe here. Well, you can find statistics that say about anything you want them to say. But the fact is, you're not alone. People feel unsafe in this region, not just in the city, candidly. I mean, with. Right. We've had, we had 40 break ins in Worson Woods. Yeah, you know, exactly. you think Worson Woods is this. Idyllic, uh, Dave's scowling. I, I, I don't think that um, but. community, but it, it even it, you're talking violent crime. Even nonviolent crime is unsettling. When someone rifles through your car in the middle of the night, when you're 50 feet from them inside your home, that's unsettling, and that's happening throughout the region, seemingly unchecked. That's right. And Mark brings up a good point. A lot of folks in the county and throughout the region like to dump on downtown. I live downtown. I work downtown, and it's an easy one for folks from the suburbs to bring up going to. A baseball game and that's just an example but i mean that's your main driver to go downtown it it, it absolutely is and it's a motivator and there's definitely work to be done but 
there's violent crime throughout the region, and that's where we need to look. And it doesn't cross it doesn't cross Skinker and know what it's doing, you know. And the more we can collaborate and and recognize those issues, and you know, the county executive, I like to hear a little bit, Mark, what your thoughts are with working with all the different municipalities that yeah. St. Louis County has. Okay, let me. I, I will okay, just a second. Let me let me make a couple more comments about the crime thing because I didn't really address how one goes about it. Uh, my my frustration with the incumbent county executive is that he has uh, he appears to have had no policy with respect to crime. He is silent on the issue. I don't. To me, this is dereliction of duty when one doesn't even address a challenge like this that we all feel uh, in the community and uh, and and somehow or other we've gotten this notion in St. Louis that crime plans are rare. I mean, if you go Google crime plan, you'll see a list of crime plans that have been enacted in metropolitan areas across America. Most cities who have, and when I say cities, I mean regions, that have crime issues, have leadership that engages on the issue. And my frustration is that these people seem to be sticking their head in the sand and not dealing with it. I understand it's a hard problem, and nobody's going to snap their fingers and make it go away. But you've got to be on it. You've got to be after it. You've got to be talking about it. You've got to be working with the police. You've got to be working with the feds. You've got to be working with the clergy. You've got to be working with the business community and bringing these constituencies all together to formulate a plan that our community thinks is workable and acceptable, and then working the hell out of that plan, executing it, right? Uh, there, there are there are those plans, at any rate. Uh, and, I mean, I have my favorites and whatnot. We don't have to get in the weeds. But it's enough to recognize that we have to be aggressive in dealing with the issue. We have to set metrics. We have to monitor our, uh, our effectiveness. We have to communicate it uh, transparently to the community. That in and of itself will change a lot of perspectives in the community. Uh, and, uh, and, the, and the crime issue, secondarily, has huge implications for the region with respect to economic development. There are, as we've seen people, Dave, we've seen a lot of people leave downtown St. Louis, right, because of the fear of crime. We're seeing people leave the region uh, or at least move to St. Charles or to Jefferson County or to move farther out uh, because, in some respects, they're concerned about the crime problem. And we, we know that it's harder to attract employees to this community because of the negative PR we get from our crime issue. Uh, and it's very difficult in many cases to attract uh, companies to relocate people here for this reason. So you've got to get after it. You can't just ignore it. So this is one of the tenets of my campaign that, uh, look, I'm not promising everybody we're going to solve the crime problem, but I'll promise we're going to be after it. Right? Have a plan. Exactly. I mean, I, I feel like, I, I, Wesley Bell seems like a very nice guy, and I feel like Kim Gardner kind of gets all the attention. But I mean, you don't hear anything from Wesley Bell, and he's the chief prosecutor in the county. So, what's your relationship like with him? And is that somebody that you could work with and say, "Hey, let's work together and come up with a solution here"? Uh, yeah, well, to- I, I certainly anticipate that I can I can do that. I know Wesley. Uh, we we saw each other three nights a week back in 2018 when we campaigned across the county together. Uh, I think he's a good guy. I think he's well-intentioned. Uh, I, I, I don't anticipate having any problem working uh, with him. Uh, I think that 
the leadership here needs to come from the county executive's office first and foremost. Uh, and 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 I think Wesley will uh, be uh, effective if he's given the kind of support that uh, that he needs. And, and and really, this shouldn't be a partisan issue. This is, I mean, when I think of county government, you know, it's it's making sure you know potholes are fixed. It's it's making sure. Uh, you know, our schools have what they need, right? And the county, I mean, that's part of your job as county executive is to help ensure that our, our young people have opportunities. And that, to me, leads directly to the crime issue. I mean, I heard a story about a 15-year-old kid who was in a, a gunfight with police, and they let him go because he was a minor, and they figured, what you know, there's no point in, you know, prosecuting him because nothing will happen. So, like, how do you – I mean, I feel like there's a lot that goes into the crime thing. So what other priorities would you have that would sort of dovetail into, you know – Making so, people feel safer. So there, uh, not a great question, but I'll see what how no, you. No, that's can. right. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm still, still learning the radio business. I uh, I can field ground balls that take bad hops. Uh, <laughs> uh, so when I think about addressing crime, there are I think about it on a short term, an intermediate term, and a long term uh, basis. A lot of the a lot of the comments that we hear from the defund the police crowd, who are trying to get the focus on longer term solutions to criminal conduct are not wrong. They're just long-term solutions. I mean, for, for example, I think poverty is a huge contributor to crime. When people are, uh, are desperate, some of them resort to lives of, lives, lives of crime. Uh, uh, we have to grow the economy on a long-term basis in order to mitigate poverty because it has an implication for, for crime. We have to do short, intermediate-term things, like make certain that kids have other activities, uh, that there are mentors available, that there are playgrounds and youth centers. Those are intermediate steps that affect criminal conduct. But you've got to have a short-term strategy. This is where we're falling short. We have no intermediation uh, in terms of trying to get bad actors off the street. So that has to be a focus as well as those other things. And uh, these are not mutually exclusive. In my uh, view, uh, you got to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. So uh, I, I, I don't know if I you did. I you don't know if I answered no, your question, you, you answered that horrible question of mine that was sort of meandering. But um, Dave asked about the municipalities. Oh, yeah, I know yeah. uh, you know we've got eighty nine. Is that right? Eighty nine municipalities in St. Louis 89 County. Eighty nine, right? Eighty nine of about two point two million people, roughly, in the county. Is that the million people? Million, the million people in the county. Just doubled us. Okay. Yeah. So how do you work with, I mean, we've got every, every one of these municipalities has its own government and, you know, board and, and mayor. How do you, you know, on the issue of crime, I think police, policing is a big deal. And each of these municipalities has their own little police departments. How do you get everyone kind of rowing together? Um, if you do come up with a plan, how do you actually implement it when you've got such a fragmented police force and government system in the county? Great question. The, fir- the first step is you have to, you have to respect these office holders and these municipalities and their existence. Uh, it is, it's mind-boggling to me that the county executive, at least the last two, have been, in my view, wholly dismissive of municipalities, uh, their elected officials, their, uh, their own uh, approaches to their communities. I don't understand that uh, theory at all. Uh, and... Um, the, the, the first thing uh, that the county executive has to do on the municipality issue is, is 
collaborate with the municipalities. Uh, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of the mayors uh, from having run for office uh, before, uh, and I would welcome their uh, engagement, uh, and they would have a seat at the table. To, uh, to this date, uh, people don't feel like they have a seat at the table in large measure, and, and so if you treat people disrespectfully, they're going to be disrespectful back, I think. And this is the same problem that the current county executive has with the county council. Uh, if you treat people disrespectfully, they're not going to cooperate. It's pretty basic human nature. It's the same mistake that the county executive made with respect to the pandemic. He, he dictated instead of collaborating. He disrespected business owners. He disrespected parents. He disrespected gym owners and, uh, uh, and restaurant owners uh, by dictating to them instead of collaborating with them. And, and then seems to be surprised when his mandates are controversial. Wrong approach, bad understanding of what leadership looks like. And hypocritical when he's gallivanting about without a mask, going out to dinner in St. Charles. I mean, you know, those those are gotcha moments. I'm going to push back. I got on, I'm, I'm going to push back a little bit, bet on that, Mark and, and, and Milton, in that, uh, you know, you, those are gotcha moments. He is a medical doctor. He clearly knows what he's talking he's about. An and is, uh, he's a medical doctor. <laughs> and, um, Knows a little bit more than than the average person, which in this case during a pandemic. Now there are issues. I'm not disagreeing with with approaches, but he does he did bring some expertise that your normal comp, uh, elected official does. I would have. totally disagree with you. I don't okay. think he brought expertise. I think to the public he had credibility because he had doctor in front of his name. I don't think any of his decision making was really rooted in fact or science but we'll do we'll digress okay this week. well we'll I'll, save that i'll catch a QAnon guests. show later about <laughs> we'll, that mark we'll, so. we'll we'll discuss that more later um as so far as if, if i could just, sure uh, i should i should stay out of this if i were a smart guy i'd stay out of it but <laughs> well there's but, nobody but, us two aren't smart but but i will uh i i would i would i i'm trying not to sound too much like a politician here but i i don't think that there is anything uh, wrong with following the science. Uh, I think that was, I think that's right. Uh, I don't know that uh, a, a medical doctor necessarily uh, had a better, has a better understanding of the nature of the science that was necessary to lead a community during that than a regular uh, sort of informed, enlightened leader might. On the other hand, I would say that the flaw, in my view, uh, this gets to the approach comment that uh, that you made, David. The the flaw is that the medical doctor that we're talking about doesn't understand leadership. Okay, uh, you can't take a community of a million people and treat them like a, a nurse in an operating room and dictate those kinds of things. I think, in fact, his medical training was a uh, a a disservice to his leadership style because he, I believe, uh, uh, has had the experience of dictating to people what they need to do as opposed to listening to people and working with them in order to develop a broader, more acceptable 
more widely accepted uh, plan of action. And I think it, rep I think the, 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 and finally, if you look at the statistics, if we're going to give the guy credit for being a scientist, then one would think that St. Louis County's outcomes would have been better than those people who are led by those communities that are led by, by farmers, our, our lawyers, our car salesmen. And in fact, St. Louis County's statistics were worse. I mean, our, our rate of death per 100,000 was higher in the state generally than the city of St. Louis, than Jefferson County, than St. Charles County. And so I, and, and I think that was a, a function of the failure of his leadership because people rejected so much of it that it became controversial and there wasn't a broad engagement of people working together to confront the pandemic. Okay? Yeah. I like it. Great. I like it. All right. Let's talk, let's talk positive. All right. Yeah. Let's talk Mark Monavani's elected county executive. It's a new day in St. Louis County. What are some of the first things you do as, as county executive? Well, Try to get this. I'm more days. focused. And I want you to focus on the economy because what, what I worry about as a father of three kids under seven years old is, at this point in time, like, I don't know if St. Louis is the place that, you know, they're going to have the most opportunity in 15, 20 years. And so what do we do now to ensure that, hey, you can be more than a, a lawyer, doctor, financial advisor and come have, have a nice life in St. Louis? Like, what, what are things we can do to attract those new businesses, to retain talent, to attract new talent, those, those sorts of things? Okay. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to the economic development stuff here in a second here. But I, I love to remind people of the county executive's first responsibility. People will ask me this question, what's the first thing you're going to do? The first thing the county executive needs to do is to interact with the 4,000 employees in the county government. As the, as the chief executive of the county government, the county executive has to demonstrate a commitment and an ability to lead those employees. I am told frequently by people who work in county government that the last two county executives never engage with the 4,000 employees that they lead. It's preposterous to a person who ran a business. And so the first thing that I would do is I would get off my butt and out of my office on the ninth floor of the county uh, government center and engage with the 4,000 employees to find out what they need to uh, express my commitment to them, to uh, uh, communicate to them that we're in the uh, service business, that we, uh, we have a responsibility to serve the public in a real and committed way, and, uh, and probably to help them feel better about the lives uh, that they're leading. Okay. So not sexy, but no, I like it. Let, let me jump in as a former bureaucrat when I worked at the Board of Aldermen and was at City Hall for eight years. Things like that matter to folks, and, and, and it's simple things, and looking them in the eye, thanking them, being there, seeing you there, and, and the interaction is so key. And, and I think that's people don't realize that elected officials soon forget how important that is. And you're right, it's a customer service uh, business and and the few offices or some of the offices that really exceed down at City Hall, you know why? Because the elected official, for, for example, Greg Daly, Greg Daly down there, 
you know, he's the only guy I know in town that can have people write checks out to him, paying their taxes, and they still like <laughs> I have him. a hearing with, with uh, uh, Gregory uh, FX Daily tomorrow morning. Oh, perfect. Thank Tell him I said hello. tax matters. So okay. I'll respectfully disagree with you. <laughs> anyway, go no, ahead. No, but, but that's, your, that's, that's really your first job as county executive, is to be the leader of that enterprise, right? It's an enterprise. So with respect to the economic development thing, right, uh, I, I hate to reiterate, but the biggest challenge we have right now to creating a, more of an economic engine in St. Louis County is the perception of crime, right? So uh, because of its effect on our population base, because of its effect on our ability to create new economic opportunities for the people here. So you, you, we have to communicate that we're addressing uh, the crime issue. Then we have to become more aggressive in promoting our region. A big role that has been uh, void, uh, there's been a big void in the leadership of this region over these last years because nobody is capably promoting St. Louis, the quality of life here, both internally and externally. I'm not sure that anybody's done this very well for decades. Uh, when I was growing up, you know, the mayor of the city of St. Louis was sort of the de facto uh, leader of the region. And we had some mayors back then who I think tried uh, to do this, and some of them did. Uh, A.J. Cervantes uh, uh, was a bit of an uh, entrepreneur relative to leading the charge of making people feel better about St. Louis. And I mean, I'm sure he had a million other issues. Okay, I'm not Spanish pavilion. Exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Uh, Vince Shamel did some of this stuff pretty well, right? Uh, the bully pulpit has been uh, ignored by our county executives for years. And I think the county executive job is the best job today to create that kind of energy in the region, right? So uh, a community, actually like a business, needs a little bit of a cheerleader, right? And, and I, I don't mean to say that in sort of the shallow sense of the term, but, you know, if you turn on CNBC every day and you listen to CEOs talk about their businesses, they'll tell you how important their, uh, their coworkers are, how, how, how they're engaging with the market. They're selling all the time what their business is doing well and the leader of a community has to do the same thing. If you listen to leaders from other communities around the nation, they're damn good at this stuff, right? Uh, Sly James was darn good about it, getting people excited about what was going on in Kansas City. Uh, Greg Fisher in uh, Louisville, uh, he was an entrepreneur. He's, he's excellent at promoting Louisville. We have to engage in this, right? Now, it's not all... Uh, hype and, and marketing. You have to have the underlying facts to support these things. That's why you have to engage on the crime issue first, because if you stand up right now uh, and, and make these statements without addressing the crime issue, it's hollow. You have to address the crime issue, but simultaneously, you have to be communicating to the region why this place ha uh, is a place to invest in. Our lives, our, our fortunes, and I think we've got a case to be made. I I 100% agree. I mean, I I I try to be that that uh, advocate for people outside the region to want to come to St. Louis because, like you said, we have a lot of great things. We have a lot of great amenities, 
quality of life is good, entertainment, restaurants, all those things. But we let, other than the occasional clip from John Hamm or Jenna Fisher, it seems like nobody's really out there, and who, by the way, don't even live here anymore. You don't have that cheerleader, like you said. And so I think that is vitally important to, to getting this. Yeah, those, those commercials, I think, are such a uh, double-edged sword, aren't they? Because, because they basically are uh, uh, there for tourists. Right. They're, they're trying to get people to spend a weekend here. It's a great place to visit, right, because those guys don't live here. Well, that's good, all right, but what we should be promoting is that this is a great place to live, and this is a great place to build a company, and this is a great place to transfer employees. Uh, so anyway, uh, so that's kind of an overarching theme, but uh, there are a few things that I would love to do. I would love to have people uh, who are affiliates with the region located in other communities across the country uh, that have high cost of living uh, to recruit uh, uh, business operations and, and the like. I don't know why we can't have somebody stationed in Silicon Valley uh, who uh, goes to cocktail parties in Silicon Valley and whose job it is to communicate the value of uh, uh, life and living in St. Louis. And, and this is not always about getting headquarters here. It's about getting somebody to transfer their operations center or, or a department or a division to this uh, community. I think the same thing could be said for uh, uh, New England and uh, uh, New York. Uh, I, I would be recruiting uh, aggressively in those kinds of markets. Uh, Illinois. Look at it. Look at the, op- I mean, next door, you've got Chicago, you've got, you know, you've got John Deere, you've got some Caterpillar. I mean, you got some major companies in Illinois that frankly, totally, totally right. You know, I have a theory that uh, I've used in the business world that if, if, if somebody's a CEO and they're not selling the products uh, are uh, the, the value of their company, they're not a very good CEO. The county executive, and, I, and I, I'm no position to uh, evaluate the mayor, but people who are at the head of our uh, governmental institutions here ought to be uh, charged with the responsibility of helping to sell their, uh, their, their region uh, to uh, both internally and, uh, and nationally. Well, Mark, I know you've got a lot on your plate, so we've taken more time of yours than uh, I expected. I'm too so. long-winded. No, <laughs> we really – I know you've got – I mean, this is a, a full-out sprint, I mean, to, to Election Day. What can people do if they're interested in supporting you? What, what can they do to help? Well, we have a website, uh, mark4stl.com, which will uh, provide some suggestions. The most important thing that I would say to your listeners, guys, is it's really important that they vote, that they vote, okay? So – Look, I know uh, that young people, especially with families and jobs and uh, other responsibilities, voting can sometimes seem like uh, it's not going to matter. There are millions of people voting. My vote's not going to really matter. I think this, and I'm, and I'm not blowing smoke here, I think this election for county executive matters tremendously for the future of this region. If you want your kids and grandkids to stay in St. Louis, we've got to change the uh, trajectory of the place. I don't know how many more chances we get before we are totally irrelevant uh, on the national uh, sort of uh, uh, 
scale. And I think this this election matters a, lo a lot. So I, I would ask your vote, your listeners to vote uh, this time. Uh, uh, we have this may be our last best chance to make the changes that we need. And so that's probably enough. Uh, if you can influence others uh, to, uh, to support our campaign, that's great. But please make sure on November 8th that you get out and vote. Or vote early. If you can't, you, know, you can vote absent. You can vote right. two weeks early, right. vote absentee. I've been, you know, it's a great opportunity. Yeah, Mark, thank you for coming in, and, and thank you for your compassion and commitment to the region. Absolutely. It, it's, it's so genuine, and I've, I've seen it for years now, and I truly appreciate it. Thanks. Great to be with you guys. That is Mark Montavani, candidate for St. Louis County Executive. Uh, you can learn more at markforstl.com. Thanks for being here, Mark.